Life Christian Centre is a church located in the city of Adelaide. It is made up of people from different backgrounds and walks of life who have been transformed through a relationship with Jesus Christ. For more information, visit us online at www.life-church.com.au Well, it's good to be here. Um, I want to share a message this morning. Um, you may be at um, Life Church this morning and not really understand too much about the history of this church. But I want you to understand this morning that there's been a lot of people that have made this place have gone before you to allow this place to be here today. So my message this morning is that the God that we serve is a God of generations. Many of you may not know that this church started in the mid-1950s and it's still here today. And I believe with all my heart it's still going to be here if Jesus tarries for a lot longer time yet. Just um, I had the privilege of baptising my granddaughter last, last year. Um, and my grandson they are and I believe that you did this here at Life Church probably around the same time it was just a little bit earlier I think and you brought up a whole stack of young children that they were fifth generation Christians up here and celebrated that my granddaughter's a fifth generation Christian and we bap- I baptised her last year and my wife rang me this morning because she knew that I would be preaching this message. And she said, by the way, I want you to know that Eloise, our granddaughter, is a fourth generation pastor's kid. Oh, wow. So this morning, it's a message that's probably been a long time in the making in my life. But it's a message that's not just for the generations that have gone before us, but the generations that stand here today and the generations that will stand here when you're gone. Because that's what this message is all about. It's not only honouring those that have gone before, but it's bringing to attention those that are here now and praying for those that will come after us. You know, I'm sure that often we make this mistake that we believe that our faith, our Christian journey is really about my own, it's my business. It really affects no one else. Has very little to do with other people, but I want to say that's actually not true. It's my desire this morning to present to you that your faith and your Christian journey, your Christianity, is not just something personal and for you, but it's something that will change your life and has the power to influence the generations that come after you. See, God cares about you deeply this morning. And we could have altar calls for people that are struggling, people who accept Jesus. And we don't have time for that this morning. But I want you to know that if God created heavens and earth in six days, he can change your life in an instant. So it could be even during this message. could be during the worship time. But God cares about you deeply. He cares not only about you deeply, but he also cares about the generations that come after you. 
I'm a grandparent. I've got five grandchildren. Love them dearly. I think they have opportunities that I never had. But my greatest burden is that they will follow Jesus. Because not only has God been a blessing to my great-grandfather, who gave his life to the Lord in Italy, when he was going through major trauma of his life, his kids were dying, crops were failing, a Catholic upbringing, and he just said that God, God must be real. I need to read the Word of God. If He's real, he, He's going to speak to me. And he gave his life to the Lord, became a Pentecostal Christian. My mum followed briefly after. My dad wasn't so quick to come on board, but mum said, if you want to marry me, you'll accept Jesus as your Lord and Saviour. It's not the way I would have done it, but she did it, and he followed Jesus every day of his life. The blessing that I have received comes from God, yes, but I've been blessed because I've had parents who are Christians. They weren't perfect. Those that know my dad knows that he was funny to everyone else, but not so much at home. He was strict, wasn't perfect, but I knew he loved Jesus. I grew up in a protected home because of Jesus being in our home. So I've enjoyed that blessing. But I want my grandkids and your grandkids to know what it is to have the blessing of God over their life. See, your Christian faith, your life, your testimony, your story has the power to influence generations to come after you. My granddaughter spoke in church yesterday, uh, last week on this topic. And she spoke, she's only 13, she spoke about, maybe she's 14. I'm sure my wife will pick me up on that. Um, 14, but she spoke about the blessings of growing up in a Christian home. I want my grandkids to know God. And I want you to know this morning that God cares not just about you, but about the generations to come because the God that we serve is a generational God. I need to hear an amen this morning. See, He is the God of our fathers. He's the God of the sons. He's the God of the grandchildren. And He wants to be the God of the children's children. Moses has a burning bush experience. In the back of nowhere, in Exodus chapter 3, verse 4 to 6, when the Lord saw Moses coming to take a closer look, God called to him from the middle of the bush, Moses, Moses, here I am, Moses replied. Do not come any closer, the Lord warned. Take off your sandals, for you are standing on holy ground. I am the God of your father. I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And when Moses heard this, he covered his face because he was afraid to look at God. I want you to know this morning that God's story is forever unfolding. See, God writes history with the generations and through the generations. So when we give our life to Jesus, he's not a, He not only wants to rewrite the course of my life and change my life, but He wants to see my children's life changed as well. He wants the generations that are to come, that are not even here yet, to come will be blessed knowing God. So when my granddaughter spoke last week and part of the sermon spoke for about five minutes, 
the thought that came to my mind is my grandfather passed away quite a number of years ago. But I'm, I'm seeing him in heaven with my dad rejoicing as they see their great granddaughter bringing the word of God in the house of God. Now that's to be blessed. That's a blessing. And that's the God that we serve. He's a God of the generations. We live in a modern society. And sometimes we see it as a, you know, our kids that are not relying on their parents. I'm not too sure where they are, but the kids that don't rely on their parents and the inheritance of their father and mother, and they do things their way. I don't need their help. We see it as a sign of maturity, and it's a good thing. They've all grown up and making their own choices in their life, making their own way. And I know that fathers and sons aren't the same. They're different people. Mothers and daughters are different. They're distinct different people because God makes us all individuals. And God writes separate stories for each and every one of us. But there is a continual generational experience that is passed on from one generation to the next. And that's what I'm talking about this morning. See, the God of my grandparents, the God of my parents, my God wants to be the God of my children and the God of my grandchildren and their children as well. See, if God desires to bless the future generation by blessing the present generation, and I believe that we're probably in a, in a, in a blessed generation so much so that many of us do not see it. We've been blessed. We're living in this beautiful country of Australia. We've been blessed. You have a beautiful church and a beautiful congregation. I want to say to you, you've been blessed. When I was young, I was probably, I believe, you know I'm going to say something funny when I say that, right? I reckon I was the best behaved person in youth. I want to say to you, I never smoked, I've never smoked a cigarette in my life. For those that are smoking cigarettes, you know, back then, if you were a Christian, you didn't smoke. No, I don't know what you do now, but I didn't, never took any drugs. I had a reserved life. I couldn't bring any of my unsaved friends at home. I couldn't do it. My parents wouldn't let me. They said, you've you, you got to choose your friends wisely. They're going to be Christians. And I thought, you know, I don't really have a great testimony. I can't say that the Lord delivered me from drugs belonged to a gang or anything like that. I didn't belong to any gang. I was, wasn't cool. Never did anything wrong. I think the worst thing I've ever did was bludge school. Once I bludged school and I went to watch a movie, the first time I ever watched a movie, Juggernaut. How many people old enough to remember that movie? There was a bomb that was put on a ship. I still remember it. Probably 16 years old. That's the worst thing I did. And I thought, I don't really have a story that's going to appeal to people. But as you get older and wiser and more reflective, there is a story. The story of God's protection over my life. The story of God's protection over my family. The story of how God has kept me. The story of how God has been there for me. The story that when life turns out not that good, God is still there for us. Uh, the story that tells me that no matter what, God is there for me. The story that tells me that always hope because God is there for me. See, he wants to write a story that's not just for this present generation, but a story that links the past generation and influences the future generation, a connected and continual story of God's goodness. Now, we're in a time when we're rewriting history. We want to go back and change history. And you can't do that 
We want to eliminate the things that have happened in the past and rewrite it all. Uh, we can't do that. It's not about this generation rewriting the history of the past, but understanding where we come from and the blessing that God has poured over our lives and where we are today. And I believe, speaking to the younger people this morning, that this present generation needs to stand in humility and with a fear of God. Now, I'm not talking about fear as fear and trembling, but in awe of our God, Creator of heavens and earth, with humility, standing on the foundation of the God stories of their fathers and mothers, seeking and honouring God in them and giving God the opportunity to create something new with them through faith and trust and God will lead the next generation to greater depth and breadth of His kingdom. Now, I thank God for everything that He's done in Life Church, but also look forward to what God wants to do through the generations to come in this church. And I want to speak this over you this morning. And Jesus said in John chapter 12, verse uh, uh, 14, chapter 14, verse 12 to 14, He says, Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have done, uh, I've been doing, and they will do even greater things than this. Because I'm going to the Father and I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. And I want to speak on the, the younger generation to come that greater things will you do. See more of the power of God. See more people saved. See more transformations. See the, the, the lighthouse of life in Adelaide Church get brighter and brighter and brighter. See, God wants to see this present generation build a future for the future generation that leads them to a place where even more of the power of God is manifested. Greater things shall you do. And in true humility. And humility is this, friends. Humility is not crawling on the ground and you know, in a fetal position, I'm, I'm just humble. No, humility is recognising that every single one of us, no matter how young or how old, or whether you've been walking with Jesus for 50 years or just started to walk with Jesus, humility is this, I need God. I need God. That's true humility. And with true gratitude. True gratitude is to be able to say, God, we thank You for all that You have done in our life. God, we thank You for being there. God, we thank You for being faithful to us. And I believe if we do that, it will lead us to a place where the fear of God and the knowledge of God continues to grow. See, what God begins in you, He always wants it to grow and unfold into the next generation if we give Him the opportunity Every inheritance that we get. Kids are always looking at the inheritance the parents are going to leave them. I know what they're going to do with the inheritance you're going to leave them. They're going to go on a holiday. They're going to buy a Ferrari. They're not going to do anything good with it. So I would suggest if you have an inheritance to leave your children, come and see me after the service because I'll take good care of it. Leave it to me. See, but when we get an inheritance and that's whether it's physical or spiritual, we can do two things. We can build on what has been given to us 
bigger and better, stronger, build something special, something beautiful, or we can squander it. And so many times when people come into massive inheritance because they don't know what to do with it, they end up squandering it. And a few years later, they've left with absolutely nothing. And I want to say to you that we can do the very same thing when it comes to spiritual blessings. See, sometimes we take it for granted what we have in this place. You take it for granted for what God has done in your life. You take it for granted for how, how God has brought you in a, in a home with this hedge of protection around you. It can be wasted, squandered and lost. Or you can build something bigger and something better. And that's what I want to speak about this morning. See, inheritance, though, is just a point of reference. It's a starting point or the foundation stone. And, and it's like getting a plot of land that you've inherited. Now, you can do something with it, and it's totally up to you. You can leave it barren, becomes a wasteland, or you get a revelation of what it is that God wants to build on it. And that's the same spiritually. You get an inheritance that you consider and then you need to decide what you will do with that inheritance. And I believe this morning for the younger generation, I I don't believe that just because my parents were Christians, that therefore I'm a Christian. Every one of us needs to come to revelation. I know at the age of 12, we were in a prayer home, a prayer group. I gave my life to, actually it was a camp and then God filled me in a prayer group with the Holy Spirit. I was only 12 years old. I know my son, Michael, with a broken arm, got baptised in his tank over here at the age of probably 12, the same sort of age. Every single one of us needs to come to a realisation of what will we do with the inheritance that we've given and what will we do with the God that we know about. Abraham heard the voice of God and in faith leaves his ancestry In Genesis chapter 12, verse 1, Then the Lord said to Abraham, Leave your native country, your relatives and your your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. And I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families of the earth will be blessed through you. So Abraham departed on the Lord, as was instructed, and Lot went with him. Abraham was 75 years old when he left. He hears the voice of God and he responds. He could have said, well, I had too much pizza last night. That couldn't have been God. But he heard the voice of God and in faith obeys the word of God and the voice of God and the command of God. Isaac had to have a personal encounter with God. In Genesis chapter 26, verse 23 to 25, from there, Isaac moved to Bathsheba, where the Lord appeared to him on the night of his arrival. I am the God, here we go, the God of your father Abraham, he said. Do not be afraid, for I am with you and will bless you. I will multiply your descendants. So it's not just about the blessing of Isaac, but the descendants to come. And they will be a great nation. I will do this because of my promise to Abraham. God had made a promise to his father, my servant. Then Isaac built an altar there. And he worshipped the Lord. Jacob has a personal encounter with God. In Genesis 28, verse 10 to 15. Meanwhile, Jacob left Bathsheba and travelled towards Haran. And at sundown, he arrived at a good place to set up camp. He stopped there for the night. Jacob found a stone to rest his head against and laid down to sleep. And he slept. He dreamed of a stairway that reached from heaven, uh, from earth to heaven. And he saw the angels of God going up and down the stairway. And at the top of the stairway stood the Lord and he said, 
I am the Lord, the God of your grandfather Abraham, the God of your father Isaac. The ground you are laying on belongs to you. I am giving it to you and to your descendants. Your descendants will be as numerous as the dust of the earth. They'll spread out in all directions, to the west and to the east, to the north and to the south. And all the families of the earth will be blessed through you and your descendants. What more? I am with you and I will protect you wherever you go. One day I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I've finished giving you everything that I have promised. Jacob was changed forever. Moses had a personal encounter with God. We talked about that just before. Every generation needs to have a personal encounter with God. It's great that many of you have come from Christian families. But there may be people here this morning that you don't have a Christian heritage. Well, I want to say to you this morning, each group, whether you're in the first group or the second group, we all need to have an encounter with God because that changes everything. See, the story of the previous generation must be the revelation of the new generation. Otherwise, it will just become a story of times gone by. Oh, you know, the grandparents, they used to get around and they used to pray and, you know, they sang songs out of tune, but they had a good time. Sometimes we have no connection with that because we got beautiful worship. We got great preachers and uh, we got great facilities. We don't connect with that. Well, we thank God that those days are gone, but we miss what God was doing in their generation. And I believe that the baton, and I, I believe when Pastor Joe spoke on this, he, he talked about the baton. How many people watch the Olympics? I think it's coming up soon. And the relay race is a, a race with four people. And it only runs when the baton is passed from one runner to the next. And if the baton stops, the guy can keep running, but it's disqualified. He, does, he can finish the race, but he doesn't carry the baton. He's disqualified. And that's what one generation needs to do with the next. It's to pass on the baton of who God is and the power of God and the stories of what God has done in our life and how God has been with us thus far. And that we never forget that God wants to be with us, not just for the passing generation, but the generation that is yet to be, yet to come, yet to be here. And so what happens when that story gets lost? God remains alien to them. They may know about Him, but they don't know Him. See, you can know so much about the Word of God and you can so know so much about God, but do you know Him, not know about Him? The stories of the previous generation is telling us about what, uh, of who God is and what God has done, but we need to get to know God for ourselves. And often what God has placed in their hands gets lost gets blown away. The inheritance gets squandered. See, I, I think that sometimes we think that it's all about me and God is just interested in right, me right now. Well, God is interested in you. But He's interested in you in the context of the big picture. He cares about you intimately 
with love that goes way beyond where we would ever go. But not just about you. He cares about you in context of the big picture. See, God's purpose and plans are greater than the one individual and cannot be contained by one individual or by one generation. I spent a couple of weeks in Tasmania with my dear wife and we had a great time. Bit of a plug for Tasmania if you ever want to go to a really great place that's got good food, good people, incredible scenery that you see the splendour of God. It's a good place to go. As I was driving around, because I drive right around, I love driving, I saw all these old churches And my heart goes, I wonder if there are still people going to that building up there on the hill to worship God. I just saw an old church here in the Adelaide Hills that's for sale at the moment. I thought, that'd be a good place to go. But I'm sure that when they built that church, they didn't build it just for now. But it's ended up being just for a time gone by. Because they weren't thinking about This is a place for the generations to come to worship God. And maybe there was a move of God at some point in time. Because buildings don't get built unless there's a move of God. Unless there's a group of people who says, we need a place to meet. God's purposes continues from one generation to another. Genesis chapter 9 verse 12, I'm going to read quite a few scriptures because I want to really ham, uh, hammer home this point that God is a generational God. Genesis chapter 9 verse 12, then God said, I'm giving you the sign of a, my covenant with you and with all creatures for all generations to come. Genesis chapter 17 verse 7, I will confirm my covenant with you and your descendants after you from generation to generation. This is the everlasting covenant. I will always be your God and the God of your descendants after you. My faith to me is really important, but I, 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 in my heart of hearts, the thing I desire more than anything for my family is that my children know who God is. Exodus chapter 3, verse 15. God also said to Moses, Say this to the people of Israel Yahweh, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, has sent you. This is my eternal name, my name to be remembered for all generations. Exodus chapter 12, verse 14. This is a day to remember. Each year, from generation to generations, you must celebrate it as a special festival to the Lord. This is the law for all time. Leviticus chapter 23, verse 43. This will remain, remind each new generation of Israelites that I made their ancestors live in shelters when I rescued them from the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. All these scriptures are clear that God is a generational God and He wants us to be His people from generation to generation. However, It's a tragic scripture found in Judges chapter 2, verse 10. After that generation died, another generation grew up who did not acknowledge the Lord or remember the mighty things he had done for Israel. After that generation, the question is which generation 
what they're referring to. Verse 7 says, And the Israelites served the Lord throughout the lifetime of Joshua and the leaders who outlived him, those who had seen all the great things the Lord had done for Israel. Now, I don't, for a sake of time, I just have to shorten the brief story when the spies went into the promised land to seek out the promised land. And only two came back and says, no, we, we can certainly do it. The other eight said, no, we can't do this. They're giants. There's no way that we can go in. But Joshua and Caleb said, no, we can certainly do it. They spent 40 days spying out the land. And God was a little bit angry. Do you, do you know God gets angry sometimes? And he said, for every day that they spent spying out the land, they're going to spend one year in the desert. And by the way, every person over the age of 20 will not make the promised land. That's pretty sad. It's pretty tragic. So after this present generation, after that generation died, which generation? Well, it was the generation of the 20-year-olds, those that were yet to be born, so zero to 20. They spent 40 years in the wilderness. They ended up going into the promised land and the youngest would have been 60 and the old, 40 and the oldest would have been 60 which I would think there were many grandparents among them. These, these grandparents had seen firsthand, and especially the 20-year-olds, they knew what it was like to be back in Egypt. They knew what it was like to be in slavery. They knew what it was like that God says, I'm going to bring you to freedom. I'm going to bring you to the promised land. They knew what it was like to go through the wilderness and see God's hand and God's provision and God's mighty power and God's protection. They knew firsthand. They knew firsthand the experience of slavery. They knew firsthand what it was to be saved. They knew firsthand the provision of God and the power of God. But their children and their grandchildren and their great-grandchildren had a vastly different experience. They had just moved into the promised land. All they experienced was wealth, prosperity, a land flowing milk and honey. There was crops that they were reaping from that they had never planted. They were eating grapes that they had never planted. They were eating fruits that they had never planted. And they go, wow, this is a life. They had good times, they had prosperity, land that their fathers had fought for. They had enjoyed good times. And the story of Egypt was long forgotten. Of course, when we forget what God has done, the habit is we, we eliminate God out of our life or we go seeking for other gods. And that's exactly what they did. They began entertaining and introducing practices that were forbidden. Anything that gave them a good time. They said, why do we have to get hung up with what our parents used to do? Have you heard that before? I'm old enough to hear it sometimes from my grandkids. No, no, that is so old-fashioned. They've forgotten what it was like to be separated for God. They've forgotten what it was like 
that all you have is God, where now they're in a land where they've got everything and they forget God. And all the practices of the ungodly nations began to creep in. Paganism, idolatry, forgetting who God was. After that generation died, another generation grew up who did not acknowledge the Lord or remember, that word remember, the things he had done for Israel. They no longer knew their God. They no longer remembered what God had done. They no longer acknowledged God. The thing is that God had warned them in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 10 to 15. It says this, The Lord your God will soon bring you into a land he swore to give you when he made a vow to your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It is a land with large, prosperous cities that you did not build, houses which will be richly stocked with goods that you did not produce. You will draw water from cisterns that you did not dig, and you will eat from vineyards and olive trees that you did not plant. When you have eaten your fill in this land, be careful not to forget the Lord who rescued you from slavery in the land of Egypt. You must fear the Lord your God and serve him. When you take an oath, you must use only his name. I believe with all my heart that we can be one generation away from no longer knowing God if we stop telling our coming generations what God has done in our life. Telling the stories. Can I ask those that have been, have grown up in a Christian home, can you imagine just for a moment what it'd be like not to have grown up in a Christian home? And some of you may say, Pastor Murray, you, you don't know my dad. He went to church, but I don't know if he was truly a Christian. And they are those stories. There's never a perfect Christian. But imagine for a moment if there was no God in your life. Imagine for a moment if you grew up in a home where no one believed in God. Imagine for a moment where you don't know what it means to serve a faithful God. That you don't know when something tragic happens in your life where to go to. Imagine for a moment what your life would have been like without God. Without a family that loved God. Now, I want to say to you this morning, maybe our ancestors weren't perfect. And neither are we. You can turn to the person next to you, and neither are you. Saw that bit of attitude in you before, yeah? There's not one of us that's perfect. But imagine, I imagine what I would be like without God in my life. I'd be a lot more grumpier than what I am. That's one thing. When it comes to life and death and the people that I love pass away, I'm not sure if I could find any hope in me. Because within me, all I see is hopelessness. When things go tough, maybe I'll just run away. Because it gets too hard. When my marriage is not doing too well, I just think, like, I don't know why I'm doing this. But I thank God 
that in the midst of my dysfunction, God is a stabilizing force of my life. And I thank God that my grandfather, Marco Lorenzo, in Italy, through the tragedies of his life, decided to make Jesus his Lord and Savior. That had an influence on my mum and her brothers and my dad. And they had an influence on my life that I love and I enjoy. And I've been blessed. And I believe I had an influence on my son's life and my daughter's life and my other son's life. They were serving the Lord, loving God, and now I'm starting to see it in my grandchildren. And I want to say thank you to my grandfather for seeking out God because it's changed my life. You can change not only your life if you allow Jesus to come in. He'll change it for you. But you can change the life of the generations that are yet to come. And if you say, Pastor Mario, I, I don't have a Christian heritage. Well, you can start the heritage right here, right now, with your life. I don't have any children. No, but you can leave a legacy to the people that you love, the people in your life, that as they look at you, they can see there is something different in you. When you walk in the room, you bring joy, you bring peace, you bring the love of God. You can change the generations to come. Your faith is not just for you, but it's for the generations to come because God is the God of generations. Be upstanding. Just for my own curiosity, how many people here would be able to put up their hand and say, I'm a fifth generation Christian? Fantastic down the back, up the top there. It's amazing. I was going to say six generations. Probably getting ahead of ourselves a little bit, eh? Any six generations? Could be. Let's see fourth generation Christians in the place. Well, those hands starting to go up. Amen. Those are the third generations. Put your hand up. Third generation. Amen. Well, getting more and more. Second generation. In other words, your parents became Christians and you grew up in a Christian home. Second generation Christian. Put your hand up. Well, and let me see all the first generation Christians. Your parents weren't Christians. Wow, look at that. Let's put our hands together for those people. I want to say to you, to all of us this morning, the greatest thing that you can leave behind for your children is not money in the bank. I mean, that, that's okay. I mean, I was talking to Pastor Joseph before on the 15th during the conference. My mum's house is going on auction. I said, during the conference, we need to pray because it'd be great if we got $2 million and not $1.5 million. That'd be really nice. So then I get more money and then I can do something nice with it, you know. The greatest legacy that my mum and dad left wasn't money. It was their faith in God. That's the greatest legacy you can leave your children. It's your story. He said, but it's my story. Yeah, but speak of your story. Because your story will help them consider the evidence to get a revelation of God for their own life. 
So it doesn't matter whether you're a first generation Christian here this morning or you're a fifth generation Christian, or maybe some are carrying the sixth generation. Tell them about the goodness of God and what God means to you and how He has changed your life. Give them the evidence. Give them the evidence. I tell my children, I haven't been the perfect dad and I'm not perfect. I haven't been the perfect husband. But I thank God that God has changed me and He continues to change me. And if there's anything good in me, it's not because of me, it's because of God in me. And that needs to be your story. That needs to be your story that you tell your children and your grandchildren so that they will be able to tell their children as well because we serve a generational God. Let's pray. Father, I want to thank you this morning for your goodness. I thank you that you not only want to be the God of our grandparents, of our parents, our God, you want to be the God of our children and our children's children and the generations yet to come. And so this morning, we make a vow to you and a commitment to you to never stop talking about the goodness of God and the favour of God and the blessing of God and all that God has done for each and every one of us. We will tell that story until the next generation gets their own revelation. In Jesus' name, Amen.